0: The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to getroman.com slash For $15 off your first month, that's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by OddsJam. OddsJam Jam is the betting tool every sharp bettor needs, bringing you the latest prices and presenting the best betting opportunities. Dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam. Use promo code SGP to get 5% off sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Odds Jam. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling podcast. This is our Sunday night review of the week, review of the weekend. And joining me to have a look back on what's happened between Thursday and tonight, Sunday, is Moonaf Manji. Good evening, Moonaf. How are you? Doing well,
1: sir. How are you
0: tonight? I'm good. I've had a busy Sunday. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've had a sporty Sunday. I had my my little boys this morning, my under nine football team, 2-0 down with five minutes left. 1-3-2, get in there. And then uh, I've pulled double duty, and I've beat the baseball this afternoon, and didn't do anything terrible. Um, but I've got—we've got my first game next week, moon off. So next Sunday night, I'll mm-hmm. have news for you. We're going—we're going away to Durham to play in a, a friendly or a, a, an exhibition, a training game. There you um, go. So, yeah, looking forward to getting on the diamond for the first time in my life, aged 45 next week. Um, so, I don't know if I'll make the majors, but um, I'll be able to give you an update, an update on what's happened. And then I watched the Liverpool match this afternoon, and they were... Oh, uh, they played man. Exactly, yeah. They they were playing on Thursday night against uh, Man United when we spoke. And then this afternoon, I'm judging by your reaction that you saw the last 30 seconds of that.
1: I, I didn't catch it. I... Uh... I think it was like in the ninetieth minute, and then I had to go run some errands.
0: oh, so you watched all the way day. up to that. I watched it all and then we were oh. talking about this, oh uh,
1: no, we were talking about this in the um in the soccer slack channel on s g p n and um they were they were talking about how the goalkeeper Allison put in the header pretty much at the buzzer for for the Liverpool to get that uh get the the win against uh I think they're playing West Brom tonight. So Yeah, that's right. Uh, I went back and looked at the replay, man. It was it was exciting. I can't believe I missed it though. I thought it was going to end in a draw. So I just, you know, I just, I just went to run my errands, but I'm I'm glad they got the victory uh because they needed it to, you know, if they're gonna have any chance of finishing that top four in the uh Premier League to qualify for champions.
0: Oh well I was furious about it, Munaf. so <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's one thing score a last minute winner, but when it's the goalie you did it. Yeah. Me and the two the two kids I've got them absolutely trained like me. They were all just in disbelief at what got on like so unbelievable. Um how's the rest of your Sunday been? Everything okay?
1: It's been good. You know, we're uh I have my screen set up, so I'm watching a little uh, last day of NBA action. I have some MLB games on. Um, I was watching uh uh, kind of transitioning back to baseball. I was watching the Red Sox game, and they were up. I think they were down 4 nothing, and they I think they, they took the lead 5-4 on, you know, Devers hit a big home run, and they got a couple hits there. And then in the bottom of the ninth, uh, Trout, who hadn't had a hit all series long, which is kind of crazy to me, a, a caliber player like Mike Trout, his first hit was like a blooper into right field. And it fell, and then uh, Otani was, I believe, after him, and uh, he hit a two-run home run to right field around pesky pole. So it was kind of bittersweet for me because I've been chasing that over in that game all weekend long, and it finally hit. But then the Red Sox lost, but uh, it's okay. It's one loss. I think they won. uh, I think they won two out of three in that series. So yeah. They got there's, the been victory, some, uh, there's
0: been some there's been some bizarre games tonight. That one, that yeah. one was a, a roller coaster where the leads changed hand. Angels, like you say, got jumped out to a big lead, and the Red Sox came back. Uh, the Yankees did the same. They were five nothing up yeah. against the Orioles, um, and the Orioles came back and have won that ten six. Yeah, I've just finished watching the Blue Jays and the Phillies. The Blue Jays were way ahead, mm-hmm. and the Phillies rallied and the blue Jays ended up winning 10-8 and then the yeah. the brewers and the Braves game yeah um the brewers were 8 to nothing up the Braves have then scored seven runs yeah. in the bottom of the 7th uh, made it 8-7 but now the brewers are back and they've gone 10-7 up um so it's uh the the high scoring games that we talked about last weekend there's been a lot of them um so with regard to our Thursday night show and our picks. Um, yeah. and I'll start off. I need to get this out of the way. Um, I've written on our notes. It was the anatomy of a shambles. Um, so hmm. I can't dress it up. It's an L. I take the L, but let me tell you exactly what happened. Let me tell you the good people, exactly what went down. Moon off. I picked on Friday night, mm-hmm. Kevin Gorsman. Yep. Uh, and I faded Tyler Anderson. Now, Kevin Gorsman pitched eight innings, gave up one earned run, struck out 12. Uh, Tyler Anderson pitched five innings, gave up uh, three runs in the first inning. The only problem was they'd move Tyler Anderson and that happened on Saturday night. So Gorsman pitched on Friday night Uh... against... Yeah, exactly. So you see what's gone wrong here. Um, so, Go- <laughs> <laughs> so Gorsman held his end of the bargain up. Anderson held up his end of the bargain. However, they did it in different games. Yeah. Um, so the Giants ended up losing in extras. It was one of those extras games we've been keeping our eye on. Where I think it it was one one after nine. Yeah, uh, and it finished four three or something. Uh, there was a load. There was a load of runs in extras. Um, and then on the Saturday night, obviously, um, Tyler Anderson gave up the runs then. So, loss is a loss. I will wear it. Um, my dog was, again, a little bit unlucky. I was kind of on the right lines. Tarek Skubal for the Tigers pitched quite well. Um, mm. Gave up four runs. The Tigers got a couple back, but that time we'd finished 4-2. So I wasn't miles away, but that's two shows sure running, enough. Um I've gone 0 for 2 and 0 for 2 um, Again, you saved us with one, uh, with one out of your two.
1: Yeah, um, I guess I'll start with a win, right? Because that loss was kind of <laughs> really ugly for me yesterday. But um, you know, my lock was uh, Corey Kluber against the Baltimore Orioles for the reasons that we had discussed, and I think that was a lucky win for me because the Red Yankees were down, I believe, four to two going into that seventh inning. And they got a three-run home run from Gio orsula to put them ahead five to four, and then the bullpen came in and it took care of business for for the Yankees. You know, they we've talked about how good their bullpen is, and they got the job done there. So, a fortunate win there, and then you know, we talked about my dog, which was Joe Ross, and the funny part was I thought he he was actually favored in the game, so he wasn't dog. So uh, something I'm gonna have to keep you know so be more mindful of giving out dogs or you know, maybe just giving out two logs, maybe, but we can discuss that. Um, I mean, Joe Ross got absolutely shelled last night. I was watching this game, and it was pretty much over within that first three innings of the of that contest. Um, you know, the, the uh, Nationals actually kind of came back. I believe they tied the game yesterday. Let me pull up the box score here for Joe Ross yesterday, Saturday. Let's see. Yeah. So... It was he gave up three in the first and then the Nationals came back and got to three to two. And then after that, it kind of just went downhill for the for the uh, for the Nationals there. And I was watching that game and Eduardo Escobar hit a three run home run to right. Sorry yeah, to right field <clears throat> that got him up six to two and the rest of it was history. So um, not a good call on my part. But, you know, Corey Kluber and the Yankees got the job done there for me and uh you know i'm sure we're gonna turn around here very soon so not too much to not too much to worry about for us.
0: Well you may notice that on our show notes that we share um I wrote the word confession next to your Joe Ross pick. Mm-hmm. Now we talked on Thursday night that I get Joe Ross wrong whatever I do. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm, his career is entirely dependent on uh whether I've done anything with him or not. So Moon off. I feel like I've let you down here. Cause what I did what I put him in my DFS team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I let myself down. i let you down really. And he has the eye, really. The rest of my DFSD was good enough for me to win the tournament. So I won the SGP tournament yeah. while simultaneously absolutely pulling the rug out from under your feet. Um <laughs> so yeah. I don't feel great about that moon. I've put, I've got it off my chest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a new week. Yeah, uh, I will okay. I will uh, not touch Joe Ross again. Joe Ross could be he's my first um timeout player. I know the uh Sean and Ryan on the on the NFL podcast we'll often put a player in timeout and refuse to touch him. So I'll put Joe Ross in timeout for a little while. Yeah,
1: uh, that, that was uh, a tough uh tough loss, but it's okay. Well, I'm sure we we're, we're gonna bounce back.
0: Yeah. we I mean they're chugging along all right on tally side uh, this week oh, up yeah. um 43 and 41. Um and I think overall having a look I'm kind of 20 24 games uh, above 500, um, which is all right. I'll take that. The only problem I think I've given myself, Moon, if I've noticed they show a little, um, there's a little stat of your yeah, average winnings, which I think is to a $10 stake. Mm. Uh, and early in the season, I was doing, I was up sort of 9, 950, 980. Um, and I think because I've had a bit of a wobble, I've noticed my average winnings has dropped to 772. So yeah. I think that I've maybe looking a little bit more chalky and I think that's something that I've got to be aware of that if I um, if I'm having a bit of on the slide then I'm I'm trying to side with a chalk just to get my numbers back up again where I'm quite happily if I'm doing okay we've talked before that I've had two uh, plus 200 winners uh, Mm. and I normally like seeing especially in baseball because it is so even if you see something at plus 70 plus 170 plus 180 I do lean towards it but because I've had a little bit of a wobble, uh, the numbers are telling me that I've been that I've been going a little bit more chalky. So uh, that's a that's a personal thing. that I'm going to have to keep an eye on. Um, is that something? Do you tend to think a little bit more clearly when you when you're on a heater, or how do you how do you work it?
1: I will say this. <clears throat> sorry, this this week I think has been really actually chalky. I mean, I a lot of times when we're submitting our picks there on tally sites, I kind of take a review and see how many picks are, are really favorite picks that I'm, I'm picking, right? And it gets a little tough because sometimes you have these pitching mismatches on the mound and um, it gets tough to pick the other side. But I will say this, that um, I did have the Royals when they played the double double header. I believe it was on Friday against the White Sox. I did take the Royals in, in that first game and I I actually faded Lucas Giolito. So that one cashed for me around plus one seventy nine, plus one eighty, and then I followed it up again by taking the Royals twice. But the Chicago White Sox got the second game of it. But you know, I, I think one thing we uh, both you and I maybe wanted to keep track of is you know when there are these double headers, you know maybe picking a a dog for for one of those games just depending on you know obviously pitching matchups and lineups and things like that because I, I've, I've noticed that a lot of them if there are these double headers that. The teams are splitting one-one. Whether it's the dog getting game one or the dog getting game two, they are splitting. So I think that's something that I would be keeping a track of. But I think we're all having a pretty good week there on tally side. You know, um, we're all above fifty uh, percent for the week. Um, Nick Nick is having a, a fantastic week. He's at forty-nine and thirty-three at sixty percent. Uh, Will's, you know, he's chugging a lot at fifty-five percent. I'm at fifty-eight percent for the week. Um, you know, like we've talked about, we just want to stay above that 50, 51 percent, you know, mark there on Tally's side. And I will say this Nick is going to be joining us next Sunday. So, you know, we get to pick his brain about his picks and, and what he's seen on the basis uh, so far this season.
0: Excellent. Yeah. The double headers. you're right. I, I almost always uh, split them, um, take take each team to win one um, it's, just, it's just a trend I've fallen into uh, and the only decision I have to make is which way around I'm going to take it but i yep. very very rarely uh, go for the two team sweep. So, um, we talked about Detroit the other night and again following uh, following the red numbers or the black numbers and uh, I managed to get Detroit beat when I picked that that Tarek Skubal pick uh, that I had, they'd, they'd won five in a row, mm. um, I managed to get them beat on uh, Friday night when I took that pick, and then of course they came back on Saturday uh, and won again. So yeah. the one game I managed to I managed to pluck that one. The one game out of six that they'd lost, um, that was the one I managed to uh, put up as my dog this week. It's been a, a relatively slow. I mean, it's only had, we've already uh, been three days since we spoke last, week. Mm-hmm. relatively slow. News, no big injuries for the first time in ages. That Sunday night's been injury night the last two or three weeks. But um, yeah. Was the biggest news we talked about a couple of weeks ago? Um, Albert Pujols to the Dodgers. Moon off. This is uh, (laughs) surprised me. You?
1: Yeah, surprised me too. Um, I honestly thought that like he would kind of go back to St. Louis where it all started for him, but yeah. You know, when the news came out about the Dodgers, number one is that they did have the space on their team to have him, you know, really kind of on the bench. And I I think another thing might have been is that he probably wasn't, he probably didn't really want to move his team out of LA, right. Because they have been there for so long and um, they were able to call the Dodgers and then work out a deal for him to stay in in LA. And, but now he's, you know, playing for the lacrosse rival team with the Dodgers and, um, you no, know, hopefully he's able to get a ring with the Dodgers this year, and you know, if they go on to win the World Series, and uh, you know that will be something to add on to his Hall of Fame resume career. But yeah, definitely, it was uh, a a big big shock to me for uh, Pujols to sign with the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers.
0: Yeah, they they've had quite a busy week uh, roster wise. The Dodgers, Corey Seager, yeah, who's been a big a big player for them, went to the IL um, with the either a broken wrist or a contusion on his wrist. It's going to be a while anyway. Yeah. Um, so just having a look for possible replacements. So obviously, that creates a space for, for Albert to get some games. But um, if you if you are a fantasy player or a, or a DFS player, the replacements, you're looking at sort of Gavin Lux, uh, mm. Chris Taylor and Sheldon Noisy as well. Um, I quite like Sheldon Noisy. And they also picked up Yoshi Tutsugo from... Uh, Tampa Bay, and he came. He signed last year from uh, the N. Is it the N? PBL. NBPL, never know the, uh, Let me the exact order of the letters. The Japanese league. Um, and hasn't really fired. He, he, he had a good profile coming into the season, but he only hit something around a book, a book 80 maybe oh. uh, for Tampa Bay. Uh, but the Dodgers have obviously seen something in him. Uh, Tampa DFA'd him last week and uh, LA have picked him up as well. Yep. Uh, other little bits of news, Steven Strasburg, we've mentioned a couple of times he was getting nearer come back. He's throwing a game at AAA Rochester tonight, uh, so it might not be very long till we see him, and I think the Nationals could do with a little boost there. Um, no change on Grom, no news, and uh, it was Thursday night when we were um, chatting that only just before we started recording, uh, Ronald Acuna had gone down with what looked like uh, it might be a long-term injury, but the Braves are saying it's not too bad. MRIs have come back negative. Um, yeah. He hasn't played since, um, but so far, no trip to the IL for him. Um, any of those things, strasbourg DeGrom, um, Acuna, did they get under your radar this weekend, Munaf?
1: No, I mean, uh, I think i uh, the only one was Acuna, but you know, he, I guess they're just giving him some days off here. Luckily, he doesn't have to go to the IL, so that's good news for the Braves. Um, you know, I think where the big the big news is is that we're still kind of waiting for um, um, what the severity uh, is for Jacob Degrom because you know we talked about on our last show the the implications that it might have on NL Cy Young and that market if it opens up. So um, hopefully, there's some news that comes down for 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 Degrom maybe this week or so, but you know, luckily, like you mentioned, um, not too many injuries this week. Um, you know, cause Yuck, you mentioned like the past couple of Sundays when we've been recording, there's been a plethora of injuries that have come kind of come down. So, you know, hopefully these guys can stay healthy and, and, uh, hopefully we get some more news. I think the big one also is that the nationals getting obviously Strasburg back because he is, you know, their second best pitcher right behind Scherzer. And, uh, it almost seems like the Scherzer almost every year kind of has to carry this pitching rotation because either Strasburg does miss some time due to some nagging injuries that he, he accumulates throughout the season. So um, glad to have him back, hopefully here rather soon.
0: Yeah, um, we were having a look around earlier on today for, for things we could – uh, discuss tonight divisions or player props, uh, and we alighted upon some teams and pitchers and hitters from the L to watch. Um, yeah. So, people have taken our eye over the first few months of the season with an eye to maybe finding an angle on them. Um, so we've picked a we've picked a team uh, and a couple of players each uh, moon off. So. We'll throw it over to you first. Where do you want to start? Who have you got for us to talk about?
1: Let's see. Um, uh, Let's talk about what do I have on my list here? Um, I'll start with Jared Walsh uh, of the the uh, the, uh, Los Angeles Angels. And I think it kind of ties back to why the uh, Angels may have released Albert Pujols because Walsh also plays first base. I know there was a couple games or one game that um, Pujols had played at third base, but primarily he's a first baseman. And then I, I think the success of Jared Walsh so far this season was really related to you know letting Albert Pujols go. And you kind of take a look at his numbers for uh, Jared Walsh on this team. It's really, really hidden because of the all-star power that the Angels have in their batting lineup, right? We talked about obviously Mike Trout and Otani in this lineup. Also Anthony Rendon and and J- Justin Upton. But you know, we're not really talking about Jared Walsh. And on my notes, here, I wrote down. I mean, he's batting 326 this season so far, seven home runs, 29 RBIs, which is number eight in the American League. He has the second best batting average on this Angels team behind Mike Trout. And uh, you know. With the emergence, I think, of Jared Walsh on, on, this, on this daily lineup, you know, the Angels lineup, it, it can be in the conversation as one of the best lineups in the American League. Obviously, the things that we've talked about with the Los Angeles Angels is that their pitching is really their downfall this season. They really didn't address it. Um, and again, today, uh, he had a great game against the Red Sox. I think he went like three for four today. Let me take a look here real quick if I can find it. Um It hasn't been posted on his uh, game log. Let me pull up the box score. Uh, Give me just one second. Here we go. Jared Walsh today for the uh, Angels went three for four. Uh, And his batting average is now up to 338. Now is the best on the the team. So I think that's one guy that I kind of wanted to talk about as a player that we may not be really talking about here in the American League
0: is Jared Walsh of the Los
1: Angeles Angels.
0: Yeah, I agree with you Munaf. He was um he was quite a sleeper pre-season. There was a lot of uh, a lot of shrewd people talking about him. He's got quite a lot of things in in his favor. I've just pulled up his uh, baseball savant page here and they have the the really handy handy graphic where red things uh, the redder the redder things are the better. Um, yeah. And it's things like it's it's it, it's positive signs. His it, walk percentage is up there f- um, in the 58th percentile. Um exit velocity up in the 77th percentile uh, his barrel rate uh, which is a great uh, a great indication of how he's doing is is in the uh, 70th percentile as well the the the, the blue bits is stuff that um, he'll he'll be able to adjust, he's just a young player his chase rate um, getting up face face and big league pitching so maybe just not chasing as much yeah. Um in walking a little bit more. Those two things go hand in hand. You sort of bang in the middle in walk rates. But uh they those are things that are only going to get better. And um he's got the, the tools, he's proven uh to have the tools in that lineup as well. That's a that's a really fun lineup for him. Yeah. Uh with I mean, really good players. You've already mentioned tonight that sort of trout, no, Tani, etc. Managed to get to Boston. Yeah. Um and uh and Now he's got the that path to first base. Not that Buholds was really blocking the way, but um, it really does free him up now mm-hmm. to um, to to be an everyday player going forward for them uh, for the rest of the season. Yep. So, I picked a player. Let's have a look. Where did we go to? Um, in fact, I'll tell you. What, I'll start with my team. That. Are- yeah. Wanted to look at, um, and it's because we've beaten the same drum, drum now, and this may be the third time uh, that we've mentioned this. And we did it when we looked at the AL West. We analysed the AL West a couple of weeks ago, and still, if you look at the markets, that Houston and Auckland are both—they uh, both cannot be separated by the odds makers. They're um, both plus one oh five um and I still Oakland just still look a little bit fraudulent to me which we're a gabbling podcast which again points me towards um steaming into um Houston for yeah. that division. I've got some numbers here I'm just trying to pull up where are we so even on the standings for a start if you if you look at the expanded standings the uh Oakland are 24 and 17, but with an expected, which uh, I think there's some people call it a Pythagorean uh, win loss record of 20 and 21. Now, most teams at this stage of the season uh, m- might differ one game either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might have won one that they're expected to lose or lose one that they're expected to win. Um Auckland's is way out actually, so 24 and 17 compared to 20 and 21. Um, Houston are also 24 and 17, uh, with an expected win of 26 and 15. The run differential, I think you brought this up last week as well. Um, the only team in the division with a positive run differential, uh, plus 56, Uh. is Houston, where Auckland's is at minus nine. Um, I just pulled up the sort of the the baton stats, Mm -hmm. uh, for. Auckland as well and this there's just nothing um yeah. sort of the top three or four batters uh are still sort of just hovering uh, hovering around sort of the, the the 250 mark so Chad Pinder 286 um, and then you've got Matt Olsen at 260. And, I mean 260 is all right, but he's it's not he shouldn't be your second best hitter on the lineup. Uh Lowry 259, and then you di- all the way down so you're fourth on the list, uh, Mark Canha two forty one, Loriano 239. Um, and it just dives off away down there. You've got Seth Brown and Stephen Piscotti who have been platooning oh. in the outfield 219 and 218. Um, so that, to me, points towards that um, expected win loss tool. So they almost they have to regret. Um, so I think that it it's Houston. Uh, what I'm taking out of it from a betting point of view. Again, this is the third week run, We said, just, and it just keeps reinforcing it. Um, the pitching. Uh, I think Cole irving has been there. Um, the star man, really, and that in itself tells you a little bit about it. Um, Sean Manaya started okay, ran into some problems last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Bassett, um, in fact, I'll what you're going to talk about Frankie Montas ERA 4.93. So, I think the, the, I like the bullpen. Uh, mentioned this before, I like Diekman, I like uh, Yusmero Petit, Lou Trevino, mm-hmm. uh. Bullpen is okay. But I just don't see these These teams are not level. Uh, they're not equal teams. And the, the fact that the bookies have still got them up equally, um, I, I find baffling. Now, this week, uh, they actually they play a series against each other. I think it's a three-game set. Uh, so we might just get a little bit more of a steer. There's some good pitching match- uh, matchups as well, actually. I saw Zach Grenke's taking on. Frankie Montas one night might be Wednesday night, maybe Thursday night, something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you obviously know a little bit about Houston. And um, do you, am I, am I barking up the wrong tree here? Is, is the disparity as big as I'm making out?
1: No, I think for the Oakland A's is, um, you know, so starting from a statistical standpoint, you talked about their pitching and their hitting, right? So, you know, as far as their team ERA, this includes a bullpen there. I believe they're number eight in the American league, not in the entire MLB, but in the American league. And you rattled off some names there and I'll get to Chris Bassett in a little bit. But uh, other than that, you know, I thought coming into the season that their guy was going to be Frank, Frankie Montez. And it, it hasn't been for them. Right. Sean, Sean Manaya has been okay. I think Chris Bassett has been their best pitcher. That's what nobody's really talking about, but as far as their hitting, it's, it's been even worse. I mean, they are third to last in the American league with a team batting average of two twenty. Um, run scored has, you know, they're a little better at that than they're hitting. Um, and they're <clears throat> kind of in the bottom with hits and then kind of going back and looking at their schedule, what they've done so far this season, it's really been, um, uh, they're getting the job done on the road. They're 11 and six at, at, in away games. We kind of take a look at their schedule on who they've played on the road. Um, you know, early on in the season, they got, they had, they got two out of three from the Astros and then they went to Baltimore, got two out of three there. And then they took on the Red Sox, got two out of three there. So sorry, they went, yeah, two out of three from the Red Sox. So, I mean, they, they've had some successes on the road. And like you mentioned this week, they have three games against the Houston Astros. So we may might get a little more clarity on, on, you know, how their pitchers do against one of the better offenses in the league. So um, You know, I think this will be a, a telling week because after tonight against the Twins, it's pretty much all division games for the rest of the month for the Oakland A's. They have three against the Astros, three on the road and against the Angels. And then they have three at home against the Mariners. And then they have four against the Angels at home to close out the month of May. And then they got three against the Seattle Mariners on the road. So <clears throat> about what, maybe 15 to t- 18 games against divisional opponents here so i think we'll get more clarity on how good this oakland a's team is um, when they start you know playing some of these division games and like i said so far in the division they're only two and five in uh, with the win-loss record there so um you know keep an eye on these oakland a's like you just mentioned on how good this team can really be
0: yeah, I think that uh, that just makes me even more confident, Moon, after You kind of back me up a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, so we'll stay on the subject while we're, while we're there. Uh, and you've got Chris Bassett down as a pitcher who's caught your eye.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously with Oakland having some success, I, I really thought that Frankie Montez and, and Sean Muna were really going to be their guys for, for at least their, their pitching rotation. And um, quickly kind of pulling up their stats here, him and uh, Cole Irvine have kind of been really their... Their guys on the uh, offense, sorry, the on the pitching staff. Um, but Chris Bassett, I mean, you take a look at his numbers so far this season, he's three and two, a three, five, four ERA, which is pretty good. Five quality starts. He's 1.2 with the wins above replacement, uh, number 14 among AL pitchers. So he's kind of chugging along and really kind of keeping him and, and Cole Irvine have really been the two guys that have not been really talked about for this ace rotation. Like you said, you know, we really thought that it was going to be Frankie Montas and Sean Manai, and it really hasn't been. Those two guys have ERAs close to well, Frankie Montas four nine three, and the Sean Manai is four point four. Whips of one point two and one point three six. So, um, uh, you know that that we talk about some of the the bigger names in the American League with you know Shane Bieber and and Garrett Cole and you know T- Tyler Glass now and those guys, but. It's. It, I think it's important to find kind of those hidden gems um, in, in these rotations where people are not really talking about. And from a betting perspective, are guys that you can really kind of bet on uh, throughout the season when you kind of find those low key pitchers. I think sh- before the season, we had talked about backing up John Means and we had taken him, you know, against um, when he threw that no hitter. Um, and going back to Chris Bassett, he had a fantastic outing against the Red Sox, one of the better offenses, seven innings pitched actually his last two starts against the Toronto Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox in both of those games, he went seven innings, gave up two earned runs in each. Unfortunately, the bullpen kind of blew it up for him against the Blue Jays. They lost that game nine to four and they squeaked out a win against the Red Sox three to two. So that was one of the pictures that I wanted to highlight in the American league this season that, you know, maybe nobody's really talking
0: about. Yeah. um, The pitcher I've gone with, um, I've watched him pitch tonight, actually, in... He was a little bit of an odd outing, um, had me doubt myself a little bit. But it was mm. Robbie Ray. Um and Robbie Ray is a uh, a bit of an outlier, a bit of an a bit of an odd character in uh, in how his numbers are made up. Um he's historically and regularly um just walked everybody. Um and then what makes me laugh in in spring training everybody comes in you can play spring training bingo with the things people say Um, the best shape of his life is always a good one and uh, you get the usual um, swing adjustments and things like that Mm. and uh, Robbie Ray uh, working on his command is always a great one because you'd think (laughs) well yeah you should work on your command because you just throw it all over the place Um, so this year they came in I actually went to Toronto I was at Arizona a long time yeah came in to spring training this year and um, was telling everybody that they were working on his command. And you're thinking, okay, well, why would you say, it? I mean, last he he walked um, 7.8 batters per uh, per nine innings wow. last year, which is quite, a, yeah, I know, yeah. Um, and the years before that, uh 4, 5.09, 3.9. Um, so, got a lot of previous for it. Um, and then coming to this year and I've watched him as well. This is another thing. I, I've alluded to this a couple of times, um, passing the eye test. It is important. You can sit and crunch the numbers all you want, but you've got to be able to watch. And when I looked at him the first time, I thought he was a little bit unlucky. I mentioned a start probably about a month ago where he didn't get many calls off the ump. He looked like he was painting the corners for me. And I think it was maybe because he was Robbie Ray that the ump was just thinking, well, it can't be in the strike zone. It's Robbie Ray. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, said that he was capable uh, of of lowering this. And this, once he's, he's proved this, once you once you kind of prove a skill, you own it. Uh, so as we, as as we stand, he started. Um, these are the stats before tonight's game. Um, had started six games, uh, an ERA of three point three eight, which is perfectly acceptable. One one lost one, uh, been a little bit unlucky uh in certain in certain games not to get not to get the win. Actually he'll get the win tonight. Um so he'll he'll move to two and one tonight if Toronto hold on uh this in that crazy as a coconut game and it doesn't has it gone final? Yeah I think they got the victory ten to eight. So yeah that's just gone. So yeah he'll get the he'll get the win. He only went five innings tonight. And again he 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 was a little bit unlucky. He gave up a a run where the there was a comeback. It hit him on the backside. Um it was a hit by a pitch where it Just caught the batter's back foot. It's not like he drilled him in the rib cage or anything. Um, yeah. So his walk rate this year is two point six. Yeah. Um, which is a hell of a lot better than seven point eight four <laughs> and uh, five etc. Uh, his K nine has come down a little bit. It's still over ten though. He's still mm-hmm. a great, um, a great strikeout, a great strikeout pitcher. I actually. Totally speculative, speculatively, uh, put him as me the strikeout leader at the start of the season. He's missed a little bit of time on the IL, so he's playing catch up. Um, but he is catching up. But I mean, it's still a big old fifty to one shot or something. So, um, and he's got a he's got a um, home run to fly ball rate currently of twenty two point nine percent. Well, normally. Over the years, look, 2016, 15%, 2017, 15, 17, 18 last year. So that'll come down as well. So I can only see a little bit of improvement. Um, And I think now after seven starts mm. that you can legitimately say Robbie Ray has worked on his command. And yeah. uh, and we can hopefully put that to bed. He doesn't fall back into his own ways. Uh, and there's a real pitcher in there for Toronto. So yeah, I've been impressed with Robbie Ray and, and I'm looking forward to watching him um, in the next couple of months.
1: Yeah. I think like the angels that we've talked about, I think Toronto Blue Jays were like another team, like the angels that needed pitching. Right. And then when yeah. they went out and got a couple of guys, like you just mentioned with Robbie Ray and, and, uh, Ryu from, uh, the, the, from the Dodgers, he was a Steven free,
0: Matt's was another one who they kind of, we knew there was a pitcher in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but maybe he'd, he'd just been at the Mets a little bit too long. Uh, mm-hmm. gone a little bit stale and, and, um, he started the season really well. Toronto have found something in him as well.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, I think like we said that their rotation is one of the question marks for, for the blue Jays. I mean, they have the great hitters. We've talked about all the guys that they have in their lineup, but, um, in their rotation was really their big question mark. And it looks like they've uh, somewhat, you know, addressed that issue. Hopefully these guys can just continue to get better throughout the season and they're able to stay healthy. And, um, You know, I think not this season. Maybe next season or season after that is where we Blue Jays might be the talk of that AL East uh, because it is a very competitive division with the Red Sox and the Yankees and and the emergence of the Blue Jays and the team that they've kind of put together there. So, um, you know, definitely Robbie Ray is a guy that you want to keep your eye on uh, at least for the rest of the season and throughout his career with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays.
0: Yeah, absolutely. so we went a little bit out of kilter because I went with my team first. Now you've still got your team to go for off, and there are no prizes for guessing, uh, <laughs> who you've picked out for us, <laughs> Munaf. I mean, I'm far based for me to say that you're a homer, but, uh, <laughs> tell, tell the people who you've picked Munaf.
1: Uh, I, I gotta pick my team is it's the Boston Red Sox, right? And, uh, And for good reasons. And I'm not trying to, you know, toot my own horn here because I am a fan of their team. But I I think this is a team that obviously is one of the more popular teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers that we talked about. But going back to last season and number one when they lost, obviously the trade with Mookie Betts to the Dodgers and then losing uh, Chris Sale to, to, to Tommy John surgery. So those are your two best guys on number one, your pitching staff, and then the offensive side of your lineup so it really showed how bad this team was without those two guys last season I think they finished like 24 and 36 but this season and then going into the offseason it didn't really seem like the Red Sox really addressed their pitching to kind of improve it um obviously they got Nathan Evaldi back from last season but you 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 take a look at their pitching number one it's kind of in the middle of pack there I I, I've think they're doing better than what I expected from this rotation um, until they got Chris sale back. But even then, when you get, you're getting a guy back from Tommy John surgery, it, it's really tough. Right. So um kind of going to this Red Sox rotation. I mean, you know, we take a look at some of these guys here, Nathan Navaldi. obviously he's the guy that's pitched the most innings, he had a a rough start today, but I think the two guys I kind of want to highlight in this rotation or three guys have been Nick Bavetti, Garrett Richards, and Martin Perez. And, and those guys are maybe, you know, we remember what Garrett Richards did with the angels before he, sorry, he had that injury. Um, he was almost having a Cy Young year. And, you know, for him to kind of resurrect his career here with the Red Sox um, has really, you know, paid dividends for him. He's three and two, this season 3.8 ERA. The whip is a little high at 1.44, but I think the one guy that's really been stellar for the Red Sox this season has been Nick Pavetti, who who he's 5-0 this season, a 3.16 ERA, a war of 1.1, a 1.17 whip. And then I think, to no surprise, this offense has just been absolutely fantastic. They're ranking in tops in a lot of the statistical categories in the American League. Uh, In average, they are number two right behind the Houston Astros and OPS. They're number one. And runs scored they are number one in hits they are number one uh home runs they are number three so all across the board you know jd martinez rafael devers who hit another home run tonight um xander bogars i think that does not get enough credit for being one of the better shortstops in this league um is doing well and then some of their role guys have been really doing well so i like i mentioned i don't want to you know i could talk about the red Sox for two three hours but I think the biggest thing for this team was getting Alex Cora back in that dugout and just kind of having that kind of normalcy with Alex Cora because he had been with this team <clears throat> in their championship run. So um, I think that's one team, oh, the team that I wanted to highlight at least this week was the Boston Red Sox and what they've been able to do. And you, and you take a look at the division odds, kind of tying back the uh, the the bad or sorry, the betting portion of it is that they're still hovering around plus three fifty. You know, some spots you can find it at three seventy five. Plus 375, maybe close to 400 to win this division. So, I mean, if this team continues to have success, I may want to get down on that.
0: Yeah, I've got, I'm looking at it right now. I've got plus, plus 375, yeah. um, um, plus Um. 800 for the American League and World Series. I think they're going to have to go, uh, they're going to have to go wild card, possibly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they can overhaul. Uh, the Yankees particularly. And plus uh the they're, they're 16 to 1 for the World Series now. Uh yeah, came in at 50 to 1 and we did our preseason podcast. But but you're right, if you can get production out of those three, four, and five, like the back end of your rotation. Like you said, uh, Nick Pavetta, Garrett Richards, if you can get production out of them, and the other thing I think they need to saw out was the, the bullpen. It's it still hasn't really settled down. Um yeah. the closer role. I thought Adam Adam Ottavino um would be the man he hasn't been. Um Barnes tonight took the L. Yeah. And like I I still think there's a little bit more movement uh to come for the for the bullpen, but they've they've been great. Uh they've been a really solid team to watch. You kinda know what you're getting. They haven't they haven't fluctuated far from the mean. So yep. um yeah I absolutely agree with you. Just talking back to to the Houston, Oakland Malarkey that I can't stop talking about um there was something that um i needed to point out and that uh it was the Oakland win total again um at the start of the season uh we went for the under mm. uh we had them winning 83 games where the total was 87 and a half i've happened a to book tonight where they're still 87 and a half um that you can take the overall under 87 and a half and the price is five to six um so uh, you take, you're rather taking Houston to win the division, or the under on Auckland uh, at five to six. Um, both things that jumped off for me. Um, yeah. So the last one we got to would be my the hitter, and I went for I went to Cleveland, Cleveland Indians, and J Ram Jose Ramirez. Uh, there was just a, a few things stood out uh, just about him. The main one when I was I was looking down. I've got I've got all the uh, the AL batters, uh, the batting leaders mm. up in front of me, uh, and it was this Babip, which it's Babip's kind of, if you don't know, it's your luck metric, really. It's a it's your batting average on balls in play. So we go down the list, and normally it'll hover kind of, I don't know, maybe 280, 300, something like that. Mm. Um, and It'll tell you so sort of whether or not you've, everything you've hit has found a gap, or everything you've hit has found a found a, a fielder. Uh, Mike Trout sitting on top of uh, four fifty-five, which is just preposterous. <laughs> um, then three eighty-seven, 320, 398, three ninety-eight, three thirty-nine, three fifty-nine, three thirty-nine, and then at number eight, uh, in the ov- these are the overall rankings. Um, in the in war ranking, so 1.6 overall uh, is 224. So the nearest one above that is, so say, 320, 330. So he's a whole point. And then below mm-hmm. um, him at 224, you've got Jordan Alvarez, 419, 338, 309, 410, 381, 393. Um, it's a huge discrepancy, absolutely jumped off the page. Um, mm-hmm. He's been hitting well, he's got 11 bombs, uh, 22 RBIs. Uh, batting average at two sixty one, uh, but that if down at two twenty four. So I think there can only be more to come from Jose Ramirez. Um, I found the it was the MVP odds because obviously we're trying to uh, tie it back into to something that you can you can pick him up to. And also, and so on this MVP market, he was generally available at 12s. There's a mm. couple of 14s, uh, but I found a 24-1 to as well. So, um, if you shop around and find a price, um, I like J-Ram. And Cleveland are okay. Cleveland, I think, will get a little bit better. Um, the pitching's just sorting itself out. Zach Zack settled right down, which I'm pleased about. Yeah. Um, Aaron Zavall is going okay. Uh, Shane Bieber mm. is going to get better as well. I, I think the uh, Cleveland's only going to get better, and I think Ramirez will be absolutely crucial to that. Um, so that twenty-four to one uh, about MVP because he's just there's only room for improvement there when you look at those numbers.
1: Yeah, and, I, and we had talked about the thing last week or, or the week prior to when we were talking about um, home run um, home yeah. run leaders, right? And then we uh, yeah. we had pointed out Franmil Reyes, and then. Jose Ramirez were really the only two guys in this offense that were really getting hits and and um you know batting for average. And you know, Jose Ramirez is he's not a big guy, right? He's not like Jordan yeah. Alvarez, he's not like Mike Trout, but he has sneaky power. And um for him to be at right at the top and and almost I think tied or for or in second place for home run leader, that that's uh, really great to see for for Jose Ramirez. And I want, just wonder like, where would this Indian lineup be without Jose Ramirez? Right. Because we talked about how they only really have two guys that are really hitting the ball for them. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that that they're able to keep him for the long term at, at, at Cleveland because really after him and Fran Mel Reyes, there really isn't a guy that can really hit for average and, and, you know, do damage because, they got rid of their best player in the off season to the Mets with in Francisco Lindor. So, um, you know, hopefully he can continue to have a, a big season for the, um, for the Cleveland Indians. And I think for you to find that 24 to one, I think that's definitely some value to get down at that number, you know, depending on, like you said, the market right now is what? 12 to one, 12, 12 to one, yeah. 14 to one. So
0: after I've, I've dragged up the home run market here Moonaf, and he's mm. still 15 to 1 in the home run market and you just talked about um, hitting hitting the ball over the fence isolated power mm. um he's absolutely top uh 313 uh point three one three. uh second in you've got Mike Trout at three hundred and one, and then it dropped. I mean, so your boy Alvarez two fifty, Aaron Judge at two ninety seven, and Ramirez is sitting at three one three on ISO power. So that is absolutely some uh, great company uh, to be uh, to be keeping. He's he's keeping up with the big boys there uh, in terms of uh, swinging for the fences. So that's uh, that's just piqued me interest a little bit more even than than I was earlier on.
1: Yeah, he's one. He's only one home run behind. uh... Batani judge and Mitch Hanniger, Wow. I didn't notice him. He, he has 12 home I mean, runs this season. So um, yeah, definitely a guy. I think if you can find those odds that Malcolm was talking about at 24 to one for MVP and, and 12, to one for home run leader, definitely, or 15 to one you said, right? So yeah, definitely, that's right. definitely some value there on Jose Ramirez.
0: Absolutely. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favourite teams, players and sports games. Generous promos, odds and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. If you want that 15-1 to or 24-1 to on JRAM for the Indians, get over to Winbet, use your bonus, get involved. Nobody's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three put with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to getroman.com SGP now. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com SGP now to get $15 off your first month. There's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash SGP. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Now, Munaf, uh, you highlighted to me earlier on that you'd found some uh, fun little betting trends uh, that you could point us in the direction of something that's worth following.
1: Yeah. I think that at this point of the season, uh, you have, um, you have some like data and you kind of get to see how teams perform, whether it's on the road, whether it's at home, whether it's in division, whether it's out of division, what's at night, it's during the day. So there are all these different metrics, especially in the baseball season for, for, for a lot of these teams. And, just a few that I kind of want to highlight that we maybe need to keep a track on is kind of wanted to get to some of these betting trends, right? So some of the best teams, um, in, in situational spots. So for example, you know, what does a team do after they win a game? What does a team do after a loss? Um, what does a team do at home on road in division, things like that, like I talked about. So I'll quickly just go, you know, by category, just a few that I've pulled up and I'll start with, um, uh, how teams perform after a loss, right? And we talked about maybe in all different types of sports, whether it's soccer, football, basketball, baseball, how teams kind of respond after they lose. Do they Are they kind of down in the dumps, or you know, are they going to face adversity in response? So two teams uh, that one from each division that are, sorry, in each league are kind of tops. After a loss this season, the Chicago White Sox, 12-2 and two, uh, straight up at a win-loss record cashing at a close to 86%. And the other team, the most surprising team, I think for probably both of us this season, the San Francisco Giants are 12 and four after a loss this season, cashing at 75%. So, um, you know, I think that metric will probably continue. Kind of want to take a look at, hey, if Chicago White Sox lose a game, they respond very well to coming back and winning the game and same thing with the Giants. So, you know, those teams, I don't know if you want to chime in on those two teams at least.
0: Yeah, that's great stuff. I mean, this is the thing with baseball. There's so much now. If I was, if I've got the Premier League at the weekend, mm-hmm. and it's a Monday, I know I've got six days to go through all of this. Yeah. First game's going to kick off at lunchtime on a Saturday. Right. Like you're never more than five hours away from a baseball game. It's just not possible to consume the amount of stuff that's available, whether it's player stats or team stats or. Yeah player props, um, you're talking bullpens, you're talking starters, you're talking injuries, um, off days and stuff like that. Um, And yeah, to pick out trends like this are absolutely outstanding. Um, There was another couple, uh, a team on the road uh, and a team in division games as well that was uh, quite relevant to what we were talking about.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll just quickly rattle them off and then uh, we can sum that up for win-loss and I'll get to the over-under real quick. So, uh this season as 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 the home teams again the san francisco giants 14 and 4 uh the mets are 11 and 4 at home and the dodgers are 12 and 5 at home obviously with the dodgers being you know a popular team and a team with so much talent their numbers at home are going to be around anywhere from minus 200 minus 250 to all the way up to minus 300 because of the number one they're at home and because of the pitchers that they have on this rotation and also in their daily lineups those numbers are going to be juiced uh, all the way up, um, and then on the road, uh, we talked about the Boston Red Sox. So far this season, they're twelve and five on the road, but the best team in the entire MLB. And then in division, I think this is a key stat, kind of tying back to how we've been talking about the Oakland A's and the Houston Astros in division this season. The Houston Astros are eighteen and four against their division rivals, so I think that was, I think that was the one that really kind of stood out to me. Um, for the Houston Astros being eighteen and eight against their divisional
0: opponents. Yeah, that is that's a strong start. And um, like you said, they've got a lot of um, a lot of divisional games coming up as well. Or certainly um, Oakland have. Oakland, yeah. Uh, and a lot of them they, they go to they go to Houston this week. So yeah, yeah these are the kind of trends but you you need to keep keep abreast on. But um, you just there's just not enough hours of the day is that to pick up uh, all the all the baseball information uh, that you need yeah. to.
1: It's it really is like you said. It's really tough, Um, you know. So those, I mean, so those are some of the kind of things that you kind of want to keep an eye on. And uh, uh, there's a great website if you use a lot of the stats that are already there for you. Or it's uh, TeamRankings.com. So they have all the betting trends on there, like I just mentioned off. And then quickly, uh, the over unders for games, the totals of games. um, I'll quickly rattle them off. Uh, So teams, the best team after a win. uh uh, the minnesota twins are 10 and 2 to the over after a loss the los angeles dodgers are 13 and 4 to the over as a home team the best team at home for overs are two teams that are above 70 percent the atlanta braves and the cincinnati reds and then on the road the best over teams on the road are again the minnesota twins 12 and 5 and the Tampa Bay Rays, surprising 13 and six as the away team to the over under. Um, and some of the worst teams on the road to the under, or sorry, to the best team to the unders are the Kansas City Royals, 12 and six, the Baltimore Orioles. So, um, you know, I'm quickly, I know I'm rattling these off, so it's kind of hard to keep track of, but definitely check out teamrankings.com, man. I mean, that's a great source that I use. Uh, they re- do a really good job of these trends so it's really just a drop down menu you can just click on it and then it'll tell you their records in those certain situations so um you know definitely something that to, to, to also take into your handicapping on um you know some of these betting trends
0: if you haven't played on underdog fantasy you have to check it out. Their fantasy best ball tournaments are some of the best around, including their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament where you can win $1 million. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlaying player props for MLB, the NBA and more. They also have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up as well. Go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. And don't forget to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament for your chance to win $1 million. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. If you're a sharp better, you need to sign up with OddsJam. OddsJam does your line shopping for you, finding the best prices on all bets, including player props. OddsJam even provides arbitrage opportunities where you can bet on both sides of a line at two different shops to guarantee a profit. Odds Jam also tails itself to whatever betting market you're currently in dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Odds Jam and use promo code SGP for 5% off that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Odds Jam promo code SGP for 5% off okay Moonaf, it is that time on a Sunday uh, there's a horse here we need to get back on it um Pick some winners, right? What order did we do on Thursday? Did you make me go first?
1: I think you went first uh, on on Thursday, on the Thursday show. So you want me to okay, kick it off? Okay, so
0: the old switcheroo moon off. Okay. Go for it.
1: Um, I'm going to switch it up this week. I'm going to go with the total as my lock. Um, Ooh, fancy. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the Minnesota Twins and the Chicago White Sox. I know I had picked Dallas Keiko last week as a lock. And, and they have the same pitching matchup again. Dallas Keiko versus Jay Happ in this game. I think it's on, let me see. I think it's Tuesday. These two teams square off again. Um,
0: Monday, I think. Tuesdays, Lancelin and um, Pineda. Okay. Which means it must be must be tomorrow.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's tomorrow. So it's a 640 Central start tomorrow. And again, these two teams are the two best hitting teams against left-handed pitching um, twins are number 11 in batting average, but they're number six in hits versus lefties. And the White Sox are number 10 in runs scored and number one in batting average versus lefties. So, I mean, we've talked about, uh, especially in the uh, Slack channel, the Chicago White Sox are one of the better teams against left handed pitching. They had some kind of ridiculous record that they were like 22 and one or 23 and one against left handed pitching going back to last season, but I think we'll see runs again. This game, you know, last game, it ended 13 to eight uh, flew over the total. So I'm guessing it will probably come around nine and a half for this game. So I'll take the over in the um, the twins and White Sox game tomorrow night. And then for my dog, uh, I'm going to go on a pony that you got. You had, uh, I think uh, last week or the week before was John Lester. And I'm going to go with John Lester against his former team. Uh, he's going to face off against the Cubs tomorrow night, I believe. Yeah, uh, in yeah. Chicago. It's kind of a homecoming for him being with that um, Chicago Cubs team after he left the Red Sox. Cubs are number 20 against left-handed pitching this season, number 19 and hits, number 14 and hits. So not great numbers for the Chicago White Sox against left-handed pitching. Honestly, didn't really have a big handicap for this uh, pick as a dog. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, John Lester may have some extra motivation to pitch against his former team, the Chicago Cubs. So the lock's going to be the over in the Twins and White Sox game tomorrow, and the dog will be tomorrow night. Also, John Lester versus the Chicago Cubs.
0: Excellent. So you've got double Monday, which is going yeah. to pile the pressure on me. <laughs> uh, both of mine, both of mine are going on Tuesday. So we know if I have to keep up with you um, or if I can stretch my legs a little bit. Uh, Tuesday's game, I've locked the Indians who we've spoken about already a little bit tonight. Uh, the Indians versus the Angels. Um, and Zach Pleszak, um started the season really well. A uh, couple, of, couple of good outings, looked set fair. And then all of a sudden, um, had had two really two real rough outings. Uh, it was too good, too bad. Mm. Um, but he's leveled it up now. So he's, his his win loss record is three and three with a three point five six ERA. Um, made it into the eighth inning last time out against Seattle. That was on Thursday night. Um, but yeah, he's been pitching really well. And I'm going to feed Andrew Heaney again. Uh, you yeah. faded him, I think, against your. Astro, sorry, that was wrong. That was Griff Cadden, wasn't it? do I think yeah. you you backed Andrew Heaney a couple of weeks ago um, for the Angels, but he's he's one and three um, with a four point seven five ERA. Rough start against the Astros uh, last time; gave up five runs. Yeah, uh, gave up a lot of homers as well. We just talked about uh, Ramirez being able to hit a couple of bombs. So I'm going to take Plesac to go a strong seven or eight innings uh, and Jose Ramirez can hit us a dinger or two and beat Andrew Heaney in that one. My second game, um, I talked a, a little bit earlier about being, uh, too chalky. So I've gone the opposite way here. I've taken Texas. Um, it's, they are at home against New York Yankees on Tuesday night. And it's Mike Fultinevich, if I've said that correctly. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't hugely keen on him. I was uh, I was very doubtful of him at the start of the season. But he's done all right. He's uh one and three, uh four point six ARA. But he's just been pottering along quite comfortably. Yeah. Um he took a no decision against the Astros last time, but he held them in check, and the Astros are quite a potent offense. And they take on Jameson Tyone, so I think I'm pretty sure he will be a um a dog. For sure. Yeah, just because I mean it's so the Yankees. Yankees and the yeah. Rangers, so it's yeah. one of the good teams against one of the bad teams. Yeah. Um, Tyone did beat the Rangers already once this season. Um, no, sorry, it was last it was uh, last season he picked up his win. Um, but his ERA is five point four. Uh, he's one in three, so the Yankees are capable, very capable of losing um, with him. They they do tend to throw in the odd stinker against his dog as well. They got them. Um, they were beating off the Orioles tonight and uh, Joey Gallo's getting back to a little bit of form for Texas. He's, yeah. I think he's at the most home runs this month. Um, he's up to seven for the season. I think six of them uh, have come in May. So, mm. Um, the Texas, we've talked about the Texas lineup being quite good fun. Uh, Nick Solak's been doing all right, uh, Garcia. So, yeah, I'm going to take Texas. I think they'll be a decent price as well. You might get plus 150, even a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas against New York, uh, on Tuesday to follow up my lock of Cleveland, uh, against the LA Angels. So that's where I'm going, Moon Off.
1: I love it, man. I, I like, I really like that Rangers pick because. A lot of times, you know, obviously Yankees and Dodgers like one of the most popular teams. That teams just kind of want to bet on, and you know, if you're finding a trend against one of those teams, you can get a juicy, juicy dog. Like you just mentioned, this should be around plus one oh, uh, plus one fifty, plus um, you know, plus one seventy five, maybe even. So, you know, definitely check out the price for for um, for the Rangers when they take on the Yankees
0: on Tuesday night. Absolutely. Um- and I think we just about covered it moon off. it's, it's always the same on a, on a Sunday night I, I say sort of a couple of hours before we record, and I think, well we only recorded on Thursday We're like there's been not much news, there's not many injuries and yeah. and what we what are we' going to talk about tonight and and it's an hour and ten minutes later, mm-hmm. and uh we've just chatted um absolutely nonstop, which is always a good sign. I've enjoyed it, moon
1: yeah, we said that we like to keep Sundays. Little more casual and just talk baseball, right? And then I, I think we're doing that really well. So hopefully, the listeners enjoy it. And again, if you have any suggestions on, on if you want to say anything particular to talk about, just tweet at us or drop it in our Slack channel. We'll be more than happy to cover it. But uh, we'll be back Thursday. I know Nick will be joining us next Sunday. So that's going to be a fun, uh, fun, fun uh, pod with him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I echo that, Boo, enough. As usual, um, the DraftKings contest we play every night. We've played tonight a little two dollar tournament. I have finished fifth, which is winning me absolutely nothing. Uh, it's winner yeah. takes all. Um, so that's always good fun. We, it's uh, normally six or seven runners. We have a little game. Um, at the tallyside picks, uh, embedded on the Sports Gambling podcast, uh, com website, or if you go to tallyside. Dot com. you can find all all the pics there like you say all four of us uh running over 50 percent this week and uh the hot did you say it was nick who was running it around about 60 odd percent
1: let me see uh, yeah nick was at 60 percent this week i know some of these games have gone finals might even be a better percentage for him this week let's see just to wrap it up here um it's taking a second to load here but um
0: I, I always you. feel like my percentage is too low. I'm 46 and 42, and that, to me, feels like it should be more than 52%.
1: <laughs> right? Uh, look sum, at the, the... It. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It does. Because it, you're four games above 500, and you feel yeah. like it should be a lot higher.
0: Look at four games only equate to 2%? It's rubbish.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, me and Nick are firing at 60% this week. So, um, you know, just definitely get out there. We're all above 50%. Um, I would put our team up against anybody in the, in, on tally side. So definitely check out sports Just hit that MLB tab. You'll see MLB picks Our low. Our picks are there every single day and definitely check out sports gambling podcast for, I mean, everything we have podcasts from golf to NBA, to uh, soccer, to, uh, MMA. Those guys are killing it over there. And All types of content, picks, all good stuff, man. Just definitely check out our website, um, sportsgamblingpodcast.com.
0: Absolutely, Munaf. Appreciate you joining me. It's been fun. Uh, Good luck for the week. I'll speak to you on Thursday night. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening in. And we'll see you down the road.